What's your story? Whether you're a client or an independent financial advisor, we know you face many important decisions that can affect your and your clients' long-term financial success. Welcome to the WIN Podcast. What's important now with Corey Hymanson, accredited investment fiduciary and president of Hymanson Wealth Advisors. In this podcast, Corey helps you identify your goals and objectives through financial education and comprehensive planning while inspiring you to make better behavioral decisions in your personal finance. With a twist on pop culture and current events, join us as we explore growth and protection strategies for individuals, advisors, and their businesses. Come and discover what's important to you now. Hello and welcome to the Win Podcast with Corey Hymanson. Corey, how are you? Good. Good to see you, Eric. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm actually really excited about this because I'm going to reiterate what Win stands for. And that's what's important now. And I love the fact that you have that as the name of your podcast. But for today's topic, I think that that is really, really important. What's important now? Because you're you're going to a foundational piece that I'm going to encourage every audience member to share this with any young person in their life, whether they're mid-teens, late-teens, early adulthood, maybe first job or first time having to pay taxes. That's, you know, that's something that nobody likes to do, but they, they learn very quickly that they don't get to keep all their money, right? Exactly. Share this with somebody you know that's, that's, that's young and also really dwell on this because these things that you're going to be talking about, we forget. We just forget because life gets busy. Life gets busy and, and complicated, and, and sometimes you do just have to take a breath, dial it back. And think about the the real basic things in life and, and how simple things can get you where you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. So you're talking about eight is enough, which is an old show. <laughs> I remember <laughs> I remember that when I was a kid. And but it's also the title of your podcast. Yeah, this is our eighth episode and for some reason I'm a fountain of useless information that seems to be stored in my head at times. All right. And and, it, and this just came to me, this eight is enough uh, tagline or, or this TV show that's from like four decades ago. I don't even know why I would remember that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's, it's funny because I was born in 74. I don't know what year you were born. Somewhere in there? 1970. So I got a couple yeah, years on you. A couple years on me. I mean, but we both were watching that show around the same around the same age bracket, right? You know, a couple of years between us. But I don't remember a lot of it. I mean, I remember the Brady Bunch more than that one, but eight is enough. I mean, that was a, it was something that it was a simpler time. That's what it feels like to me. Well, I was a kid. I didn't have all the bills and everything else I've got going on now. But yeah, I mean, it, it seems like that was just a much simpler time. And that doesn't sound like it's what we have today. Well, in, in speaking of a similar time, at that point in history, I think we probably had TV on just like three channels, right? So <laughs> yeah, maybe you, you might think this show was great, but maybe it was just better than the other two things that were on at that time. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, simplifying things in life never hurts, whether that's cleaning out a desk drawer or, or finances or relationships. I, I don't know any of the above, I think. Yeah. And, and so today with eight is enough, you're actually giving us eight things, eight tips um, that are really foundational. But again, anybody at any age needs to be reminded of these. So we're going to just dive into it. Absolutely. All right. So let's go. What's number one? Number one, and this is real simple, pay yourself first. And, and maybe people have heard that comment before that phrase. And what it talks about is if you have a job and they have a retirement plan, by all means, participate. Mm -hmm. Usually you get an employer match of some kind. Heck, even if you don't, it can be beneficial from a tax standpoint, but it's putting money in your bucket for the future. Just 
do it. If it's a dollar, if it's $10 or whatever you can afford to do, it's a great thing to do. And it's so easy once you start it, you don't forget, or I should say you don't miss the money after that first paycheck because you see the paycheck, hey, they took out so many dollars. And from there, that's just the status quo or the norm. And you're saving without even feeling pain, so to speak. Yes. And that, again, foundationally is brilliant because, like you said, you get that first paycheck, you know what you're getting every two weeks or weekly, however you're being paid. You know exactly what you're going to get. Therefore, your budget is dictated by that or or should be. You don't want to overspend. So if you're you're bringing in $2,000 every two weeks and that's exactly what you have, well, then you know what you can afford when it comes to if you have to upgrade your car or you have to, you know, st- you're starting that savings plan, that emergency fund that you're talking about, uh, that you've spoken about on other podcasts. You know what you can do and what you can distribute where so you don't go overboard. But if you don't sign up for that 401k or you don't start that and all of a sudden there's that extra money in there, you also use that as your budget. And then it's really hard to change that. That is spot on. I mean, there's so many people that, you hate to say it, they're going to probably spend everything that's available to spend in a month. So by all means, set some aside somehow or have that second rainy day bucket, I like to call it emergency fund. And we've joked about squirrels too. I mean, but squirrels are are burying things in the yard for the future too. I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. a good thing to do. Yeah. Just smart. Just smart. All right. What's number two? Number two, credit cards. People have heard of them. Some people hate them, Mm -hmm. some love them, but Mm -hmm. pay off that credit card balance every month. And it's it's a habit thing. I I know times can get tough or maybe there's always something you really want, not need, maybe a want, Mm -hmm. you know, and and so it's easy to make the minimum payment on that credit card and and let some money float forward or a balance. And man, you start paying 14, 19, 29% interest on those balances. It, It can get us to be a slippery slope and it's hard to catch up causes problems so i mean start simple control your spending pay that thing off yeah i haven't done everything right in my life Corey. <laughs> just ask my wife <laughs> no just no, ask my stop wife <laughs> <laughs> and and if i were to list the people that are smarter than me we wouldn't have time for it in the next month or two uh however i'm just i want to focus on one my daughter i that's one thing that i really helped her figure out financially was, hey, here's she wanted to build credit. She had no credit whatsoever. She got a, a credit card for $400. I think her, her, her balance was four, or not balance, but her limit was 400 bucks. And I just said, look, this is great. Use this exclusively to gas up your car and pay it every month. Corey, she has better credit than I do. <laughs> her, her card now. And she, she told me just last week, she's like, hey, hey, dad, they raised my limit again. And this has been multiple times now because it's been a few years. I was like, really, what are you at right now? She's like, I think they just raised it to $7,000. I said, so how's it going? What, what have you spent on it? Nothing. I'm just using it for my gas. I'm like, exactly. You know, and she pays it off every month. Oh, they want her to spend more. They want her to spend more so badly. <laughs> sure. But she knows. She She's figured this out. She's playing the game. She monitors her credit, but she pays that balance off every month. And Boy, I wish I was that smart at, you know, she, now she's 22, but she started when she was 20. And I'm like, man, that if we'd only been that smart, my wife and I would be in a much better situation without all that debt we had to deal with when we were, you know, a couple decades ago. Sure. And if you think about a current environment we're in where a bank doesn't pay you a lot of interest to have mm-hmm. money in your account, if you manage that credit card and it's got some perks, if that's a 1% or a 2% cash back on what you spend, man, you're you're, you're making money by being a good steward of paying that bill every month. So, yeah. I mean, that's even a good thing, too. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk about number three. 
I might even have to explain myself on this, but I, I'm saying that people should balance their checkbook. Now, I don't even know if people today have checkbooks, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like what I'm referring to. Uh-huh. I get it. There's online bill pay. There's online banking. I get it. The technology's gotten so much better. But what I'm saying here is track your stuff. Just know what your balance is because convenience in these things can also be a trap of sorts because you don't know how much money is in your checking account if you're just randomly haphazardly spending using a debit card where you're not even touching greenback bills so it doesn't feel like spending mm-hmm. it's it's just something to keep you accountable and another good habit so maybe i should have called this eight habits today i don't know yeah well either way it's good information so yeah i, I think that if you asked a younger person what a register was they'd probably just say the thing at the grocery store that that's where you check out right they, they wouldn't know that there's actually a register in a checkbook lord right. knows i didn't use it very much my wife was great at it but i <laughs> I didn't use it at all. There you go. All right. What's number four? Kind of alluded to this a little bit, but it's a slight slant in a different way. But pay your bills on time. Mm -hmm. Try to avoid those late fees. I don't care if it's a mortgage, uh, an insurance bill, your utility bill, cell phone bill. We can go on and on and on. If you can set these things up on automatic payments, I think that's good because it just happens, especially credit cards. I know my daughters have... I've made a point of just, it, it sets it up to pay the balance on the first day of the month or whatever it is. And mentally they have to keep track of their spending too, but they know that it's just going to get paid. And I, I hesitate a little because setting those things up on automatic payments almost makes you forget about them. And I don't want you to forget about controlling your spending, but mm-hmm. it still will avoid those fees and fees and penalties, things you can avoid that take money away from you seem like a, a good project. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. All right. Working our way down the list. Number five. Yeah. Number five, cancel unnecessary subscriptions. And and what I'm talking about there is every one of us. And I, I've got some too. I'm sure I've got money going out the window for no good reason on a few things. But if it's a gym membership, if it's internet access that you signed up for on an airline flight one time or any other random thing that pulls money from your bank or from your and charges your credit card every month go through those you know Mm -hmm. look at them once in a while and just revisit to see if it's something you need if it's something you've used recently or or if it's just waste yeah yeah that's uh (laughs) i learned that lesson the hard way recently an online accounting software which will be will remain nameless even as a business owner i i don't I, I just wasn't paying attention to certain bills. And I actually had a second business that I was part of, I was part owner of. And so this online accounting software that I was using was split into two sides and I was paying a subscription for both sides. So for one company, I was paying a certain amount and for the other company, I was paying a certain amount. I just didn't even realize it. I wasn't paying attention to the fact that it was split that way. I sold that business and for the next two and a half years, I continue to pay that <laughs> that monthly <laughs> monthly bill. It's not necessarily the a quote unquote subscription, as we see a lot of subscription like the TV subscriptions or movie subscriptions or whatever. But it's still a subscription that we deal with in business. Two and a half years, and and I'm ashamed to say that it was just that side of the business was seventy dollars a month. Two and a half years. That, that's that's almost two grand that yeah, I just fiddled away. What we're really talking about, though, is is respecting money 
to a certain extent. That's true. True. You know, Preach. across these things. And so I'm getting this visual of, of a carnival. You ever been to a carnival, like a traveling carnival? Oh, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> love them. So I don't know whoever thought of this, but I mean, they usually have a person that'll like guess your weight or guess your age or something. They used to. I don't know if that's allowed anymore. a stuffed animal. I don't know. Um, Really bizarre. But, you know, if you think about it, I feel like I I could be that person to a certain extent because if you walked into my office and I said, hey, do you have any money in your pocket? And you say, yeah. And I say, I want you to throw it out on the desk. I just want to look at it. And I will instantly be able to tell if you respect money or if you do not. Hmm. And, and, and I, can, I can see it in your eyes. You're just looking at me like, what are you talking about, Corey? This is so bizarre. If you think about it, if, if you keep, and I'm talking about greenback bills, you know, dollars and $5 mm-hmm. bills, $10 mm-hmm. bills. If you pull them out of your pocket and they're in a big wad, they're not folded properly. They're just a mess. Doesn't that say something about an individual and maybe the way that they don't track their spending or they don't balance the checkbook or they... they they don't pay attention to the little details. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now maybe I'm a freak about this, but I raised my kids, and if they accumulated $12 from allowance that they wanted to take to the bank, I would say, okay, now you got to stack that nicely and fold it or have all the heads on the top, or you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. They didn't have to, the heads didn't have to face the same way, but they had to be on the top. <laughs> yeah. So I know for a fact now today, these, my kids are all out of the house, but they still fold their money. They stack it incrementally in sized bills and and i think it's a detail that carries on to other things in life true i would agree um and it's really no different than finding a penny on the street heck i've seen people walk by a penny because eh, well maybe it's not facing the right way up or maybe it's just a lot of work to bend over and get it but i'm gonna i'm gonna walk out of my way to find that penny and pick it up oh my gosh you, you absolutely just brought a memory back to me that <laughs> I had deeply buried and forgotten about. I was, we had a seven 11 down just down the road from us and I had a paper route when I was a kid. And I, uh, to be honest, Corey, I, I made way too much money on the paper route for a 12 or 13 year old or whatever it was. And I mean, a couple hundred bucks a month I was making from this paper route that I was doing. And so I, I had no money management skills. I had no respect for money whatsoever, but uh, my parents would tell you, and most of my friends would tell you, I was probably one of the luckiest kids when it came to finding money, like loose change, things like that. And so I was at the Seven Eleven one day and and just walking down the sidewalk part of it. And I looked out and in the parking lot, there was a bunch of change. And so I just picked up all the, you know, I picked up all this change, not all of it, but a lot of it, right? I picked up a ton of the change. It looks like somebody dumped out their, their, their ashtray. And so I was so happy. I had a bunch of money in my pocket, you know, so on and so forth. And I went home and I had, I still had it in my pocket. I didn't spend it because I had already spent money at 7-Eleven. So I went home and I, I told my dad, hey, check this out. Look at all this money I found. And I had a bunch in, you know, quarters, nickels, uh, dimes, you know, all this silver was in my hand. And he's like, wow, where'd you find that? And I was like, yeah, it was in the parking lot. So on and so forth. And yeah, there's a bunch of it there. He's like, really? Just a bunch of this? Uh, yeah, and a bunch of pennies too. Where are the pennies? Oh, I left them there. <laughs> <laughs> His face contorted <laughs> like like he had been tortured. And he was just like, what do you mean they left the pennies there? I was like, I wasn't picking up the pennies. I'm just picking up the silver. You know, and he just, he, he didn't lose it on me. But by all means, he was like, are you serious? He goes, you're already down there. <laughs> you know, like, you're already bent over picking up that other money. Why would you just, well, they're just pennies. They're just, quote unquote, just pennies. You know, so then we had a nice little conversation about what a penny meant to him, especially back in, quote unquote, his day. And 
it, it probably was lost on me at 12 years old because I was, you know, dumb, <laughs> you know, at 12 years old. But I, I will never forget that because it, it was, it was a, a big shift for him to look at me and say, okay, this kid does not understand the value of money at this point. So we actually had more conversations. So it was a, it was a good learning moment for me that, that carried on for a couple of years because I mean, then he had to talk to me about savings. He had to talk to me about these different things and, and, and learning to respect money. And from that point forward, I did pick up everything because I was afraid he was looking at me or watching me from around a corner or something. I was going to yell at again, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it was, it was really eye opening to me that, that, it meant that much to him that I just left all that extra money sitting on the ground. I'm glad that I can just bring these deep remembrances and demons from your past back out. That <laughs> yeah. just makes my day. Oh, good. I'm, I'm, yes. Anytime. I'm, I feel like I'm laying on the couch here. So let's, <laughs> all right. this is Corey therapy. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. What number are we on? I forgot. I'm, I'm all caught up in my penny story. Oh, how about number six? We'll go with number six. Okay. Let's go for it. <laughs> this is, I truly believe, and I'm not saying everybody in the world has to work with Corey Hymanson, but I'm saying it's great to team up with professionals that are younger than you. Hmm. Now, what I'm saying here is, if you're, let's think about it. If you're dealing with a lawyer or an accountant or a physician or a financial planner, do you want to have to transition with them frequently to new lawyers and accountants hmm. and physicians and financial planners? No. So, I mean, if if my physician is... 80 years old and I'm 50, I, I know that he's not going to get me to the finish line of sorts that eventually <laughs> I'll have to transition to someone else. So think yeah. about a financial planner. It's sort of the same thing that if, if, if I find the right one, I want there to be younger advisors on that team or on that ensemble staff or office mm -hmm. that can then assist not only me through my life journey, but then my kids and maybe my grandkids and so forth and just keep the ultimate plan on the rails and you don't have to throw in these variables of having to change the plan or meet a new person and, and start that whole trust event over again. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent agree. And, and I believe in that so much that I have basically people on my team, for example, mm -hmm. spaced out about 10 years apart. So we're, we're ranging from our fifties to our twenties with advisors yeah. so that we can gradually keep knocking this thing out in, in the same fashion for those that choose or, or believe in us and want to work with us. Yeah. And if, and if you're listening to this right now and uh, you maybe you've joined us in the last couple of podcasts, you need to go back to, I believe it was second podcast maybe, or, or even the first one will get you there too. But Corey talks a lot about his team because I ask him specifically about his team and describe it and kind of what their, what their roles are. So go back and listen to that because you'll find out it's pretty robust and He's got a he's got a great team backing him. Not only for when you know he decides to retire and whenever that is, <laughs> I'm not even going to guess, Corey, where you're going to be around for a long time. But you know what? What if Corey takes a vacation? That that's something that he hopes for all of his clients, I'm sure. But he has a team behind him that can answer questions even when he's out of the office. So go back and listen to those podcasts. You'll find a lot of value in those. Absolutely. All right, I think we're on number seven. Number seven, and, th and this is tied into a quote that I like to use a lot. I think this guy was a professor, maybe a, a Canadian professor named Lawrence Peter. And his quote was, many an optimist has become rich simply by buying out a pessimist. Hmm. And so tip number seven is be optimistic. I just find that the people that enjoy life the most are the ones that are most successful in 
building a business or being a good employee, being a good husband or wife, parent, they're optimistic people. Yeah. There's bad things that come along in life. There's bad headlines. But, you know, at the end of the day, there's more good things than bad. And I believe that all day long. And so whether you're investing or just getting out of bed in the morning, I'm going to be a glass half full type guy. Yeah. Well, here's the thing is that you said it best. Bad things happen. Things happen. COVID happened. Uh, pandemic happens. Uh, market corrections happen. All these different things can happen. And then individual things that, that aren't like global events like those things are. Things happen in our lives. I would assume, and, and I don't know how to phrase this as a question, but I'm assuming you've dealt with folks that have maybe sat on something for way too long. Longer than they should have. Something happened in their life. Something has been concerning. And when they finally do reach out, you've kind of had this stance of, you know, if you'd called me a month ago, we could have answered this question. They, they, they worry about something for way too long. Have you experienced that with your clients? Absolutely. And it breaks my heart that somebody wouldn't step forward quicker, mm -hmm. you know, but things in life are emotional. And if you throw in money, that makes it twice as emotional, at least yes. in theory. So people that are facing a dilemma or they feel like they've made a mistake or chosen the wrong firm or accountant or whomever to work with, they're, they're embarrassed. And so they don't want to just admit defeat publicly, so to speak. But I've had instances where people come into my office and they're, they're sad, they're emotional, and by the time they leave, it's like a weight was lifted off their shoulders that they realize there are good people in the world to help with any kind of situation. Again, I'm not claiming that I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread, if that's the greatest <laughs> thing we want to call great, but I'm pretty damn good. And just having these conversations and just being real and truthful and honest with people, it's almost like therapy. Mm -hmm. and, and and you can't solve a problem until you address that thing head on. And, you know, you just got to find those people in life and, and, and lean on them and rely on them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if I can say so, I hope you don't mind. Corey, you are the potato bread of breads. Is <laughs> <laughs> that of, like the stuff sh you shake it on the top? It's like flour or something on the top of the bread? I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I love potato bread. It's It's just... It's, it's just thicker, not saying that you're thicker, it's just, it's just more robust, right? It, it, it has so much more weight to it, so much more flavor to it. Corey, I just picture you, if, if you're the greatest thing since sliced bread, it's potato bread, my friend. Just, just saying. Uh. I'm just, I'm just visualizing if, if for Christmas my kids get me a, a new football jersey of my favorite NFL team and you can personalize the name, yes. you know, placard on the back of the jersey, I Do can it. be potato bread. Potato bread. <laughs> it better be a it better be a cool number i can't put like number two on the back of that jersey yeah. it's gonna have to be sort of bad bad yeah. level <laughs> yeah yeah oh my goodness yeah we're off the rails eric we're off the rails no all no, right well let's good. get back on let's get back on the rails well not before moving not, not before saying one, one other comment Here, here's the thing is that you you mentioned something embarrassment and and i think that's a lot of what holds us back but here's the thing you have seen and dealt with so many different situations. It's not a personal issue for you when it comes to somebody else's embarrassment. It's a personal issue for you because of the fact that you most likely have the answer, right? Or at least you can point them in the right direction. It, you, you want to help people. And therefore by somebody being embarrassed and not reaching out, they're just harming themselves. You and I were talking before we started recording and I had a, a financial screw up that affected me for a couple of years. And honestly, 
it, I drug my feet for over a year and a half because of my own embarrassment of, geez, I can't believe I did this. I can't believe I did you know that, or I, I, I failed to do this. And it is not it, it. Number one, during that time, it cost me emotionally frustration wise, this looming kind of feeling heavy weight on my shoulders. And then trying to fix it cost me financially <laughs> way more sure. than it should because I procrastinated because of my embarrassment or, or pride. I'll just say it. It was prideful and that's on me, you know, and I, I have to own that. But until we do own those things and reach out and get that help, it's just going to continue to follow us around and be that heavy, dark cloud. And we can't be that optimist that we should be. You know, as of, as of today, I've been in this business for 23 years, thousands and thousands of client meetings, and, and I've seen it all. I've heard it all. I've seen it all. And no matter how embarrassed somebody was, I never looked at them and laughed. Yeah. I never joked about it with colleagues at the office after that meeting because what we did is we figured out what the heck we're up against mm-hmm. and how are we going to solve it. Let's, yeah. let's, the past is the past. We're going to put a plan together from today, and we're going to get over this. And, and that's why clients feel that connection, and they just appreciate those little or big things, whatever you're facing, but boy. One step at a time, baby. One step at a time, for sure. One step at a time, and that actually ties into number eight. Boy, you, you cued me up really good there. All right, what is it? Number eight, be patient. Patience, it, it's a virtue, whatever that phrase means, but I mean, <laughs> it, sometimes I get people, they walk into my office, and they're brand new to investing, and, and, and they're excited, and they want to go fast, and they, they want to be in speculative stuff, and get rich quick, and, and I'll look at them, and I'll say, it's like building a house. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying I'm a house builder, but I, I know enough that you got to start with a foundation or a basement or something that you're going to build on to keep this thing solid and steady and upright. Yeah. You know, so the correlation between house building and, and investing or a financial journey is is patience, doing the right thing, sticking to it step by step by step. And if a wind comes up or a storm comes along and something blows off the top of your house, you fix it. And you go on to the next day and the next day after that. Yeah. Yep. Well, I, I love that analogy because especially you and I, being in the Midwest, our houses have basements. So we've got that foundation and we've got a basement in case of a storm. And I, I kind of see a lot of that, the emergency fund that you've spoken about before or the investments that you have that are longer term investments that can weather a storm. That's kind of the basement, right? You, you go down there, maybe you don't have it all finished out and it's not all fancy and everything, but it's a place that you can go that's safe. And and I I, I know that you've got these different levels of investments that you've talked about on, on previous podcasts. I don't know what you would term it. I've heard, I've heard it termed different buckets. I've heard it termed different silos, but it really does liken to a, a, a house and then the construction and the different levels that you've got there. So I'd love to explore that analogy maybe on a future podcast and kind of really break that down uh, to you know, some of the investing that you do and some of the things that you you work with uh, with clients. But it's a beautiful picture because without the foundation, and that's what this podcast is all about, truly, this, this episode right here, without that foundation, things are going to crumble around you. You are exactly right. So I think that's what we talk about the next time. Okay, deal. All right, my friend, is there any closing thoughts for today besides the fact that people should be sharing this with their loved ones, especially those that are just starting out in their careers and maybe starting to deal with that credit stuff that you know people try to build up so well? Starting the journey early in life is so important. Oh, yeah. And, and people should not be intimidated to reach out to, to my office or to any other financial advisor's office. There are no bad questions there are no horrible stories that we're afraid of or don't want to tackle. We want to help people and talk with them. 
Okay, I've got, I've got a, I've got. I'm going to throw down the gauntlet. You ready? Bring it. Okay, I want you to create. <laughs> seriously, I want you to create a list of questions that anybody, no matter what age they are, or maybe there's a few that are more important for younger folks, and maybe some that are more important for older folks. A list of questions that somebody should be asking a, asking their advisor or an advisor, because like you said, you're you're not out here saying, hey, you have to talk to us and you have to talk to our office. Obviously, we're going to give contact information so people can, because you're doing this this podcast for free, giving great education. So I want people to reach out to you. However, I would love for you to create a list of questions that somebody should take to an advisor and ask them. And if that advisor is unable to answer those questions or doesn't have the quote unquote time to answer those questions, they should be seeking out a different advisor. Can you do that? Challenge accepted. Deal. Okay. So we will, we will on a future podcast because we don't, I mean, seriously, this was out of the blue folks. This is really me just challenging Corey. We will make sure on a future podcast that you have a link or you have an email address that you're going to email into to get that list of questions that you need to be asking your advisor or any advisor that you meet with. And then the other thing I'm going to say is no matter who you're meeting with, always get a second opinion. And I would love for that second opinion to be Corey and his team because they're going to shoot straight with you um, and they're going to give you the, the answers that are best for your situation. So Corey, can you give them your contact info in case they're ready to do that already? Our phone number, 800-657-4316. I can give the email too, Eric, if you want me to. Yeah, do it. Yeah, go for it. It is Corey, C-O-R-E-Y at Hymanson, H E I. M-E-N-S-E-N Wealth W-E-A-L-T-H dot com Perfect, my friend. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty, sir. Thank you so much for your time. And of course, our last thank you is always for your listening audience. We wouldn't be here without you. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to The Win Podcast with Corey Hymanson. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Corey comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but this is a great one to share because it is that foundational stuff that everybody needs to know. So please share this with, uh, especially with the young folks that need a little more guidance and, and are just new to this entire financial world. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Hymanson Wealth Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Win Podcast. What's important now? The show that helps you achieve your financial dreams. To ask questions about topics covered during the show or get a copy of Stop Doing Dumb Things With Your Money by Corey Hymanson, visit www.hymansonwealth.com or give us a call at 712-472-3867. Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. Hymanson Wealth Advisors and Securities America are separate entities.